HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Hearst Ranch Grass-Fed Beef. Available on the internet at hearstranch.com. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. I wish I knew more. More than what I know. About you now I know you like fruits Amusement parks too Staying up all night Sharing good times with you Listening to Ramon's I just let her go But nothing went wrong Instead, I'm alright The times we were cool Those times in school I recall them now Oh, sharing good times with you Walking down by the park Oh, I haven't seen you since then just one thing I'm sure of, oh, 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 yeah. My heart belongs to you, to you, oh, oh, to you, oh, oh, to you. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Very special all food and drink um, episode today because uh, it's a big time for food in uh, New York City right now. I have one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. I'm the other half, Greg Bresnitz. And uh, today we have Leslie back on for the Manhattan Cocktail Classic for the third year in a row. Don't worry, you can keep typing. Yeah, you can keep typing. You can keep working to an easier half. We were literally just tapping on our shoulder. Um, we actually might just cut in last year's interview and just went like dub over 2011, 2012. Um, but right now, sitting across from us is Naomi from Beast from Portland. Welcome. Welcome. Hey. Um, I think that you might be not only our first Northwest chef, but potentially the whole West Coast. So uh, <laughs> We had, uh, what's his name, from Stumptown, from uh, Murder City Devil. That's not a chef, though. No, I guess not. Um, 
when I went to school at University of Oregon, I literally was introduced as like Greg from the East Coast. I like, had the whole Mid Atlantic Seaboard, the Northeast, every like yes. I had to represent the whole thing. So pressure's back on. All right. Um. So welcome. Thanks. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Um, first and foremost, Naomi is in town because she's nominated for a James Beard Award. Um, not your first nomination. No. Not your first time at the dance. Not my first rodeo. Not your first rodeo. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're nominated for? Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm not nominated for the entire West Coast, but uh, Best Chef Northwest is the category that I'm nominated for this year. Amazing. And you and there's like two other Portland chefs, correct? Yeah, two other Portland chefs and two Seattle chefs. Amazing. And Nostrana is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Kathy. Which I've eaten at, which was also, we went for the... Yeah, I know, the, it's pretty great. Yeah. Well, is there camaraderie? There's a lot of camaraderie, actually. I was sitting, getting my hair done for the event, and I was texting with... Hair Liz. did. Yeah. I was texting with uh, Chris Israel from Gruner and Kathy Wims from Nostrana. Um, great people. Just, you know, yeah. So that's a little weird, you know? Your buddies. Yeah, but you'd rather... Would you rather lose to someone that you like than someone you hate? For sure. Yeah, we all like each other. That's Even great. the Seattle chefs I like, so it's great. Um, so the first question I want to ask you is... Why Portland? Ooh. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, why Portland? Uh, you mean like national food scene stuff? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, you know, as I've said, I went to school in Oregon and Farm to Table was, it was Farm to Table before it was Farm to Table growing up there, um, like in late 90s, early 2000, where they just talked about where their food came from. Yeah. And when I got to New York, it was still years later before it became a thing. Like, you mean like the Portlandia episode where they talk about the chicken? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's without fail anywhere in the West Coast. It's, you're, you know, you'll see a Chidori chicken, everything. Like, it's just. It's true. It's just, that's just what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's pretty much a uh, natural sort of evolution of how things are there because you know our, the farms that we buy our produce from really are like only you know 50 or 100 miles away so you know by effect we're trying to acknowledge the farmers that are bringing us stuff and and it sort of just turns out that this whole farm to table thing you know evolved that way right mm-hmm. like you said before yeah. it was like cool to do that or whatever yeah. um but really in the end it's about the product and i think we're super lucky because in the pacific northwest we have pretty badass, you know, farms and cool ingredients being grown and a decently long-growing season. I mean, we're not like Northern California, which I think, you know, sort of started that whole, like, farm-to-table, you know, you got, like, your Alice Waters and shit down in Berkeley, so, ooh, I don't know if I can say that, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's internet radio. Oh, yeah, good, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, no, just kidding. Yeah, you um, away. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, I think Portland is a natural um, place for, for the farm-to-table thing to happen because the farms are really close but uh, so how does you know living in new york and obviously it's like so much is based out of here but how do you feel like portland kind of came into the national or international food scene how it like entered the consciousness well i'm not really sure when it happened i i do remember um an article that came out in uh the new york times magazine in 2005 after i opened uh gotham building tavern which is an old restaurant i used to have and um there was a mention like it was the the whole thing was called a tale of two portlands and they did like the the portland maine versus i remember that article yeah Yeah, i remember and it was like i think that that's around the time i feel like when it started happening 
more often that there was the Portland food scene started getting mentioned really regularly in national media. And I know that, you know, particularly the New York Times seems to have a real affinity for Portland. Uh, I mean, New York Times is probably one of the biggest champions of the Portland food scene. I think so. Both I, the Times also did. Yeah, they also did articles in the following years on Portland, Maine, called like the other Portland. Yes. Yeah. Which is which is. So they basically made us the premier Portland. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, we'll, we'll take it. Hey, well done. <laughs> Thanks. So, well done. Um, tell our listeners who might not be aware about the history of, of Beast. All right, cool. Uh, well, Beast is a very small, twenty-four uh, seat restaurant in Northeast Portland. So it's kind of in a in a quadrant, deep corner pocket, um, kind of known as the Alberta Arts District. So it's a little bit like funkier, and you know, it was a it was a place that we opened because you know, as a lot of restaurants in Portland are. Uh, chef owners, and so you see a lot of restaurants happening in the in the periphery of town, in the places where the rent's a little bit less expensive, right. and you know the chefs are mostly like pretty young, and you know mostly chef owners. So that was where we could afford to open up, and um, we created this little thing. And I actually honestly thought like no one would come. You know, it was like far away, and and I. I guess it's kind of considered to be a little bit expensive, but Beast is a fixed menu. Please, just, please explain what expensive. Oh God, is. I know. It's really no, kind no, just of say it. Just say it. Just what? What is? What is a meal uh, for two with drinks going to run you? It's a hundred bucks for like, two people. For no, per person. Oh, so, I was going to say. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not that even much. that. And so it's six courses and yeah, yeah, it's six courses. It's seventy five dollars for the meal, thirty five dollars for the wine pairing, which we try to get everybody to do because it's a pretty great wine pairing. I don't know. It's rare. I, I have to pass because I'm I'm pretty terrible at drinking wine. It's oh, weird. whiskey, yeah. bourbon, tequila, fine, but red wine will just a glass will put me down. Yeah. Well, so, that's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm um, all right to admit that. I'll put that good. on air. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. That, by the way, <laughs> that is Greg admitting that. <laughs> okay. Yes. Cannot drink. You're Greg Brazen is. You're yeah. safe. Okay. Uh, well, maybe thank not you. And that's crazy that your wine. I, pairing, I literally just got hugs from everybody. Thank you guys. <laughs> your wine pairing is cheaper than your food because a lot of times, especially in New York, the wine pairing is equal if not more expensive than we should food. raise the price we don't make very much money on our wine but you know like it, please don't blame us for people in Portland no, but, for saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but after snacky tunes we decided to raise the price but is it is it in a small operation like yours aren't the drinks where you make your biggest margin supposedly but you know we're not serving cocktails and cocktails is really traditionally where a restaurant makes their most money but we are moving our restaurant so you're you asked about the kind of the history of of mm-hmm. beast and you know it started out in 2007 um my sous chef mike Paredes is actually here with us today in the room. Hey, hey, Micah. You got, that, um, you got that third cup of coffee going? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, she's been cooking with me for seven years now. So, you know, we started back, you know, 2006, we started getting ready for this. We did some dinners in my backyard uh, over the summertime. Right. We did these underground dinners and then we moved it to a legit operation and started doing these six course fixed menu stuff um which you know like i said I, I i had lots of nightmares before it opened and after it opened even that no one would ever come and that it was going to be like whatever just close down really fast or that's, something that's and, so amazing that you would pour your entire life into something that you think was going to be a failure well or, or, it's just or a were you, fear not like okay. i thought it was going to fail but just like oh but there's crap, a, but when i walked outside there's a ton of uh there's a ton of restaurants over there. They came kind of after us, yeah. And uh, like a upscale baby boutique. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> I stared at while I was waiting for my cab. So, <laughs> are, are you? Do you feel that you're the anchor of this area? Because you said that everything opens on the periphery. Are there certain restaurants that 
are yeah. the seed that germinates an area? I think so. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I mean, a lot of people come in, uh, you know, came in on the heels of beast opening, and you know, um, but I, I'm I'm trying to to, to uh, get back to your just original question, which is a little bit about like how does it work? You know, I mean, yeah. it's like six courses, kind of Frenchy um, or French inspired, but yeah, it's all Northwest like ingredients we get at the market oh. and stuff. Um, and does the, the menu change every week? Yeah, it does. It changes every week. And to- when totally? Actually. When do you when do you write it? Uh, right before we change it. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, do you go to the market and then you write it, or do you go to the market with an uh, idea? It depends. It's like uh, it works in two ways. In the off season, which is just a few months in the winter time, where there's maybe like, well, actually, they did a year round market this year in Portland. It was the first year that we had a, a market all all year round. Um, but there's this time in the winter where it's just like kale and potatoes yeah. and mm-hmm. onions and mushrooms. And so those menus kind of write themselves in some ways because it's like there's not that much going on, right? Right. Um, in the times in spring and summer and fall when there's so much abundant produce, we, we tend to head to the market, check it out, and like Saturday afternoon or Sunday or Monday – we write the menu. Mike and I sit down and just like talk it over. And, you know, she has her things that she does on the menu. She, you know, and I have the things that I focus on. And she does all the pastry work. I can't do pastry stuff. So that goat cheese ricotta with the disc in there was like, I finished mine and then finished the person across the table from me it was kind of dipping in as we were walking out. So it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that people talk to me have told me about that's like a must-have is your veggie tasting menu. Oh yeah. So what's the deal with that? Well, that's kind of funny. I mean, like one of the reasons we came up with the name Beast is just we wanted to really like it's it kind of calls out as a warning signal to like <laughs> vegans and vegetarians in Portland. Like, hey, if you stop by here and expect to have a you know kind veggie meal, it's tofu gonna, scramble. It's no, not gonna. You can get that next door across the street. Though. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. It, basically, we just kind of wanted to make sure people were aware. You know, this is a fixed menu. There's no choices, and there's going to be meat. You know. Um, and then we started feeling like there were people that were like, oh, I want to come to be so badly, but my girlfriend's a vegetarian and. You know, usually I just said to those people, like, well, you should come with someone else. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> you should get rid of her. <laughs> Why is she your girlfriend? Yeah. Um, no, and then I just, uh, you know what, as chefs, it's it's funny. We are known as sort of a meat place, like meat-centric, but we really focus a lot on our vegetables, and hopefully you, you experienced that mm-hmm. when you were there. Um, and the polenta was amazing. We had foie gras on it. <laughs> I was about to say, stop the band. Stop the band. Wait, is the band going all the way up to you? No, it's it's not, but it's like they're getting, you know, in the band. I think that they'll probably shut down one of the facilities. They tried to do the same thing with Hudson. They tried to do the same thing with Chicago. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And guess what? If they do ban it, then people just were getting fined. Like, people just didn't take, like, okay. Yeah, thanks for. Thank you. It's the high, it's the biggest markup we have. So, yeah, so it's great. Anyway, so um, we we are kind of produce driven in in that, like, you know, that's where, like, the meat is easy. Like, the meat's like, oh, hey, it's going to be a lamb week this week, or it's going to be, you know, Poussin or whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, there's only so many ways to prepare those things. But with vegetables, it's like, there's thousands yeah. of different things to do and and so we just got excited about like doing like about once a month or you know maybe once every couple months we do a vegetarian dinner and they're very popular because even with people that eat meat I mean it's like come on vegetables are delicious no vegetables I mean, are, I, are really great especially the depth of flavor that you can get out of you know if you think about 
a raw onion to a purely caramelized onion and what's in between all of that verse. Totally. Don't get me wrong, love steak, but there gets a point where there's steak it, is a steak. Steak is a steak. Yeah. I know I know exactly what a good piece of steak tastes like. I've always contended like a lot of the uh, when we, I went to Vetri and did, did their tasting menu and the best thing I had on the menu were all the vegetables. The I lamb had, was yeah. the lamb was perfect and everything like that, but the things that surprised me was like a potato truffle squid ink puree. That was like mm-hmm. Well, you would hope oh. that at a restaurant at your level or anything like that, the meat's going to be perfect. And so then it's just, what can you do to make it a full plate? Yeah, I mean, for me, my theory about, like, the meat cooking, you know, is a, it has a lot to do with just keeping it really simple. I mean, people are always coming up to us and saying things like, oh, my God, like, how'd you do this meat? Like, whatever. And I'm like, salt and pepper. And, yeah. and then we cooked it to temp. And I, and I think that, you know, for... Uh, for us, we get to show off a little bit with the veggies, and uh, we, we we get to do that, especially in the vegetarian meals. So we we really enjoy that part. A lot of people say, "Oh, you vegetarian meal, I feel so sorry for you," you know. But no, we actually really enjoy doing it. Uh, all right, well, we're gonna take a quick musical b- break. Come back and talk about tonight and a few other things. Then we're gonna get you out of here and so we, you can get to the dance. And we want to talk about the music that you play at the restaurant as well. Yeah. Oh, I think Micah should sit in the seat then. Micah, we'll just swing. We've got two microphones. We'll swing it over. Cool. And then we have Leslie from the Manhattan Cocktail Classic coming up as well. I'll go. Uh, so, uh, it says um, that you learned your cooking from your mom and your grandmom. Yep. So, if you had to make one tribute dish for each, what would it be? Ooh. 
Um, well, my grandmother, Vivian, uh, is from the South, and she always uh, made pies, actually, uh, with my grandfather. He would do the latticework crust. He was a surgeon, actually, so he would do, like, the super, super thin lattice top, and she would do the filling. And I would have to employ Mike's assistance, for sure. But uh, I would attempt a blueberry pie for my grandmother, and uh, then for my mom, uh, you know, we had a garden growing up, and it was like we also just did that sort of like the Portland, Oregon thing. Like we didn't have chickens, but we had a garden and uh, lots of fresh veggies. And uh, she taught me how to make a souffle really young, so I probably would try to do like a spinach souffle for her. Awesome. So we talked about before, but um, the music in the restaurant, I seriously had shazam up for like half the time which was embarrassing and and awkward um for the rest (laughs) of the thing but i thought it was really really great so and michael you said that you set most of the playlist for the the restaurant yeah Yeah, you can just you just here we slide this one over we can do that yeah yeah it just it depends on the crowd for sure so um like you know and does it depend on the time of the year like what what's your like ideal let's get like top five bands to listen to while eating i'm gonna have to say joy division (laughs) I love <clears throat> I love Joy Division. Um, oh man, sometimes I like to just like sneak in a little R. Kelly. So <laughs> okay. Yeah, just unbeknownst to the customers. Um, just let me think. Uh, some oh Harry Nielsen for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like Arthur Russell as well, and I think that it's pretty palatable. And I'm obsessed with disco, so anytime I can like like put in some like early R&B or some like Daz band or Evelyn Champagne King I'll definitely throw it in there I'm into all of that yeah <laughs> um, so as I know uh, sorry Leslie's coming up Naomi <laughs> yes. you have to go soon you have I to do. Get, yeah. you have to get ready for the dance we've got two questions because I know you've got one and I've got one I, I, I'm going to type it and see if, if it's the same one go well I was going to ask you know leading into it how do you feel oh about tonight yeah well, now I just like started getting the butterflies a little bit, right? Like I'm sipping on this glass of white wine here, trying to chill out a little yeah. bit. Um, I do not have a speech prepared, but I, I'm kind of an off-the-cuff person. I'm pretty sure that if I win, I just need to you know, thank my daughter for putting up with the pain in the ass of having a, a chef as a mom and thank my staff. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. Okay. Yeah. And Darren? What are you wearing? <laughs> Did we talk about that? We didn't talk about we, it on air. Oh, we didn't talk about it on air. No. <laughs> Which is why we tend to try to not talk to guests when right. they show up. Like, sometimes, like, you guys are super <laughs> awkward. Because I'm like, I can't remember if we asked that or not or anything. But yes, what are you wearing? I am wearing a bright daffodil yellow dress made by a d- local Portland designer named Adam Arnold. And it's, um, I think it's going to be really beautiful. It's uh, kind of, we're talking about it as... I think he would hate this, but it's, we called it the mullet earlier because it's got a little, just a little short in the front, like business in the front, party in the back, yeah. and longer in the back. Um, <laughs> I like calling it that. Yeah, uh, It's kind of more my style. Oh, yeah, but, I'm wearing my mullet dress tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rock my yellow mullet. And, and Leslie, what are you uh, wearing on Friday? Oh. Yeah. What am I wearing? Yeah. Um, wow, I sound so fancy now um i'm wearing this beautiful black stella mccartney dress that i do not own um i'm is it one of those rental things well i'm not even sure if i want to share the secret i'm not going to name it but um i managed to 
find this um, fashion library where uh, magazine photo editors go to pull garments for photo shoots and um, sort of f- they make rare exceptions where they let uh, humans rent plebeians the, yeah us, us <laughs> mere mortals um, rent dresses for red carpet events and I basically conned my way into convincing them that I was someone worthy of this service um, so yeah it's a it's a Stella McCartney black gown that I would never in a million years be able to afford but for one night only awesome. amazing cool <laughs> okay well Naomi we're gonna tell you this and I'm gonna get you a cab and get you to the ball thank on you. time we'll see you thanks tonight. you guys yeah and thank you thank you for joining us absolutely um, thank I'm, you to your posse yeah. yeah. Yes, my peeps. You ro- you rolled. You actually, this is the deepest that anyone's ever rolled to Snacky Tune. So, <laughs> oh my god! So well, rolled deep. Yeah, Portland PDX. rolled deep. And um, seriously, Beast, amazing. I am highly recommending it to anybody that goes out there. And I will be back there sometime. Yeah, this can year. I come? I haven't been to Portland in like a decade. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess so. are joined for the third time 
Yes? Yeah, third time. Min, uh, Leslie Townsend, the founder, runner, visionary for the Manhattan Cocktail Classic. Leslie, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Thanks. Good to be back. So it's 2012. Bigger and better this year? Oh, and it is. <laughs> it just keeps on getting bigger. Uh, the better we'll have to wait and see where we are as of uh, Tuesday, May 15th, when all this craziness is over. But, uh, but I think we're poised for a pretty spectacular festival this year. Let's talk about the basic details of the ins and outs of the festival before we get into the new meat and potatoes. Sure. So uh, it's a five-day festival. Uh, there are about 100 events um, that are all individually ticketed and open to the public. Uh, tickets are available for, well, a lot of the events are sold out, but tickets for events that are not yet sold out are still available on our website at ManhattanCocktailClassic.com. Um, in addition, there is a uh, invite-only trade conference this year that is being hosted at the Andaz Fifth Avenue Hotel, which is open... Uh, by invitation only to members of the trade and media. And there are a whole bunch of other fabulous events and activities and tastings and panel discussions and presentations that are happening there. What made you want to expand it to having a more sort of panel trade conference type of aspect? Well, in truth, uh, it just the festival just grew to such a critical mass that it became uh, important for us to more... Uh, to, to better distinguish between our different constituent audiences. Um, up until this point, we had been kind of playing both sides and uh, just doing a bunch of events that were all open to one and all uh, trade and consumers alike. And uh, at this point, you know, the festival audience has grown to something on the order of, you know, 10,000 plus attendees. And, you know, there, there's some programming that just really is better suited for uh, members of the trade um, versus things that are much more obviously consumer oriented. So we wanted to just sort of clearly de delineate, okay, this stuff is for the trade. Um, this stuff is for trade and consumers and uh, um, to, to better service both audiences. Um, and part of what you're doing this year is, I'm sorry, uh, is that you're also doing not charity, but I think you said that you, you talked last year about um, just looking at the website, you have like a, different charities that are going to be part of this? Uh, well, so the, the way the, the structure of the festival is set up, um, so there, there are certain events that, that we produce centrally, such as the opening night gala at the New York Public Library, right. um, and then the, um, the industry invitational, which is the trade conference. But then all of the other events that take place at bars and restaurants and galleries and distilleries, those are all actually individually um, uh, produced by um, brands, bartenders, bar owners, etc. Right, right, um, right. So the way those events are set up, basically, um, that ticket revenue is is not going back to us. It's going back to whomever is putting the event together. And in many cases, um, the people organizing the events are um, putting a portion of that back to um, a charitable cause or a foundation or whatever. But um, you know, most importantly, we just feel like you know everyone has a cause that they want to support. Who are we to sort of dictate <laughs> what it right, is people right, are doing? Right. So um, with this sort of you know open source format of the festival, it allows different people to do things for whatever cause is near and dear to their heart. So what are you most excited about? I know I, I know it's like saying pick your favorite child, but what are you really looking forward to? What events? What which, which things? Well, uh, so obviously the gala is a pretty cliched answer and also mean since you can't get tickets anymore. Um, but actually what I'm most excited about is um, we we brought on board a, a new digital marketing agency this year, Clearheart Digital. Mm -hmm. um, and 
we are debuting some pretty fabulous new technology at the gala. Um, if you've heard of um, NFC, Near Field Communication I have Technology. Not. So you've seen like at Dwayne Reed's little um, things that say tap your Android, oh, yeah. you know, and you can pay with Google Wallet. That's being powered by NFC technology. It's um, it's basically um, two microchips that are talking to each other at close Hello. distances. Right. So um, you might have seen there was this awesome... Um, we sent out a press release last week and it got picked up by Gothamist. Um, and the headline was Manhattan Cocktail Classic Invents Magical Bracelet That Tracks Your Booze. <laughs> was like, That's awesome. That's awesome. But, um, but basically, we have. Uh, so um, my, my lovely marketing agency figured out um, how to embed NFC microchips into these uh, little you know silicon wristbands, um, which then are uh, hooked up to your unique profile. And so then um, there are the readers placed at all of the different bars at the gala. So as you're going through the event, you just tap your wristband at each bar and it automatically stores the information of which cocktail you're drinking. Oh, it's amazing. As I'm sure you know, as someone who attends a lot of these events, uh, Mm. the biggest problem is how the hell are you supposed to keep track of Oh no, I I remember everything. (laughs) Right. Um, You know, it's actually a a real problem of how do you keep track of all of these amazing cocktails, let alone the recipes, let alone the bartender information when you're going to an event like this. So, First, it solves that problem. Um, on Monday morning, everyone who uses their NFC bracelet is going to get a customized email sent to them from Tasting Table with all of the recipes from every cocktail that they sampled at the gala. That's amazing. But that's not all. That's <laughs> not all. So then, um, uh, if you t- go one step further and link up your uh, your bracelet to your social media profiles, to your Facebook and Twitter accounts... I'm aware of those places. There's a lot of other cool stuff that you can do. So, for example, at the requisite uh, ridiculous photo booths, uh, you know, where you put on silly props and hats and get your photo taken at parties, um, there will be uh, an NFC reader there. So you can simply tap your wristband and the photo that you've just had taken will be automatically posted to your Facebook wall. Love it. Um, There will be other things like sending out auto tweets of, you know, I just sampled the blah de blah Um, you know, lots of other ways that uh, this gets integrated into, yeah. (laughs) Really good. Um, So we've, we've taken the entire experience of going to a big boozy uh, cocktail party and tried to, you know, elevate it to, you know, through technology um, and made make the whole experience, you know, a bit more uh, memorable, if you will. <laughs> That's so amazing. Yes, the the added memory is is great. But that's, those are things that are happening at the gala. What are the smaller, who's giving a talk, where, which bars are doing things, what's going on that you're excited about? Oh, let's see. Um, so, uh... <laughs> excited about the uh the tiki tour because it involves staten island um we we have yet this is the first year that we're doing a manhattan cocktail classic event um on staten island which is very exciting so we can now officially say that we are in four out of the five boroughs next year we will get to the bronx um too bad because the only thing about the bronx is the bronx brewing company yeah i don't really know too many well well, there's got to be something what's the bar scene like at the zoo at the zoo (laughs) It's a little bit hairy. Oh. Uh, uh, you have to scale back? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, right. What are some, I mean, honestly, there there's so many great events that are taking place this year. Um, the uh, the Gentleman's Cocktail Crawl, um, mm. for those people who manage to drag themselves out of bed on Saturday morning. Um, like what time? 
it's the it's a crawl. It starts at 1.30 in the afternoon. Totally respectable time to get up and get your wits about you. Um, it goes from 1.30 to 6.30 p.m. And um, basically, it's it's the it's the sophisticated cocktail crawl. Um, and also, I should mention that it is open to men and women. The title is just tongue-in-cheek. Um, but anyway, so instead of it being, you know, boozy, uh, you know, dive bars, um, we're, we're taking... We're taking this on a tour of some of New York's greatest hotel bars um, and doing signature cocktails and lots of fun giveaways and, you know, we're elevating the crawl. Um, So that's on Saturday um, and there are still tickets available for that. Um, Another event that I'm hugely excited about is on Monday night. uh, one of our headlining sponsors, Bowmore Single Malt Scotch, is doing a special performance of Sleep No More at the McKittrick Hotel. Um, I don't know if you've uh, yet. I've, I've been oh, there. You've been there. Uh, God, it's just, you know. I, have I you still, been? Oh, yes. I have still not figured out a way of, of appropriately explaining what Sleep No More is to someone who hasn't been there. It's, it's, a, it's immersive theater. You're living within a world of a play. Right, but normally when someone says immersive theater, interactive theater, like my skin starts to crawl and I run the other direction. This is cool. Like this is awesome. How many um, times have you gone? I've only gone once. Um, I've gone once and I was hanging out before <laughs> and uh, we brought a flask with us in there. Well, right. So to this point, so my one gripe when I did go, um, you know, there is a bar um, when, when you first come in and then, you know, you can stop there on your way out again. But... You know, call me a lush. I really kind of wanted to booze it up a little bit more. You know, it's. it's I did. It makes it way tougher to follow, though. I mean, it's like it's 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 adding an enigma wrapped inside a conundrum to an already mystery. True, but you know that's the way I think one should best enjoy it. So anyway, point being, this is going to be a a a special spirited performance of Uh, Sleep No More Saturday. Said Uh, on Monday. Monday night. night. Um, what other big things? Another, unfortunately, sold-out event, but um, Campari's big aperitivo cocktail competition finale um, at um, the New York Distilling Company um, out in Williamsburg at um, Alan Katz's lovely distillery um, and at the Shanty. Um, that's going to be a fabulous, fabulous event. I still haven't um, been there yet. Have you been? I've walked past it. Yes, I've been meaning to go, but I I've know. been producing this stupid festival. Um, <laughs> um, no, I... Uh, I I this I'm excited to go. I'm a big jerk and a bad friend for for not going there yet. Um, Alan, I am sorry. Um, I will but be props. there on Sunday. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, we've got some events. I, I'm really happy at just sort of the the breadth of events and how uh, you know the number of events that are taking place in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, little known fact that uh, most of the folks running this festival live in Brooklyn. Despite I mean, the that's name. that's that's not a secret. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm really excited to see more events taking place in Brooklyn. Um, you know, we've got some events in, in Red Hook, which make me really happy. Um, yeah, I, I'm truly just happy. You know, the, the whole point of, of setting up the festival in this way was to allow as many different entities as possible to become a part of the festival and to, you know, say, Hey, we want to do an event and we want it to be part of this awesome thing and to sort of make it happen. So... No, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun, and I think um, you guys. I think we said we said it last year, but you, you hit at a really good time when drinks have become a part of pop culture. Yeah, but you've also been able to how do I say adapt with the changes of pop culture. I think there was a little bit of a pushback on the cocktail, but you have found a way to really highlight all the different aspects of it as it fits into different genres and cultures and parts of 
society that isn't just yeah let's make another 17 dollar cocktail or something like that totally you know we from from the beginning you know since this is um in obviously we mentioned there's the whole trade conference but you know the rest of it this is a consumer facing festival um and this is for a much broader audience than just the you know self-described cocktail nerds um you know that group is is very small and finite and we're trying to reach a much broader audience and the way that we're trying to reach them is through all of the other points of interest. So whether that's music or theater or art or technology, um, you know, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to convert the, the people who would never, would never be queuing up outside of death and co, you know, no. um, we're, we're trying to get, we're trying to, to, to make this, to make it approachable, to make it accessible to a much broader audience of people who would definitely not describe themselves as cocktail nerds. Yeah. I, this is definitely not the, Inside baseball cocktail <laughs> events. No, um, not. So let's talk about the gala. Yes, the Friday night gala. I know about the wristbands. Right. I know last year you wouldn't give us that many details. Before, can you give us any details about what's happening this year? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's see. So, so this year, uh, I think. Well, I have this tally somewhere. I think we have six different live bands performing. Um, we have one taxidermied grizzly bear. Of course. Uh, of course. We have um, 5,000 oysters. Um, we've got... Uh, oh, boy. What else? Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, a temporary tattoo parlor. Um, we did this awesome Hold thing. Hold on. With- Stop. <laughs> 5,000 oysters? Yeah. Amazing. They really go quickly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they do. But five thousand is a lot. It is. There are a lot of people that come to this party. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, temporary tattoo parlor. Um, <laughs> You're not doing like the real Sailor Jerry's. Yeah, that's tattoo at, at the at the biggest booziest party of the year. That would be a lot of waivers that would needed to be signed. I'm. S- um, I mean, I think that they do great work, and I love all Sailor Jerry stuff. But I wonder what the ratio of the people who get those Sailor Jerry tattoos on site at events and then like the next morning they're like what the f- what? honestly uh, you know I've, I've my lawyers scare the you know oh my god <laughs> I know the fact that. that you're trying to like put drinks and foods inside of people already is enough for you to have enough liability yeah I pretty much just live in fear all the time um, but so yes it's a temporary actually it was a super cool thing that we did with uh, with Flavor Pill um, we did a um an online um, tattoo design contest uh, on Facebook um, over the course of about a month. And the top, uh, I believe, five or six designs um, won free tickets to the gala. And then those designs are getting printed and, uh, you know, given out and applied at the gala to um, attendees. Nice. Um, What is the protocol for food for the gala? Because I know it's been different from year to year. Would you recommend eating before this year? Yes. This is a cocktail party. It starts at 10 (laughs) o'clock. People should definitely, definitely eat dinner before they come here. Um, It's always been a cocktail party. We always do our best to serve, you know, a good amount of food. But, you know, for the love of God, don't show up to a cocktail party at 10 o'clock with an empty stomach. (laughs) That is a recipe for one nasty hangover. Yeah. But no, of course, there, there will be, you know, lots of great snacks, you know, oysters and... Uh, boozy ice cream and boozy popsicles and it's amazing actually how many of the food items actually have booze in it yeah it's like it's like <laughs> oh I'm eating all this food and I'm getting drunker I don't understand it yeah exactly 
Um, but no, definitely. Um, and actually, uh, we're doing this other, uh, I love my marketing agency. Um, we're, we're doing this other great thing with, uh, Grub With Us. I don't know if you've heard of them. I'm familiar with Grub With Us. Right. Uh, this whole, um, uh, with Grub With Us and, um, and Edible Manhattan, um, a whole dinner series, uh, before the gala. Um, these really awesome discounted dinners at a bunch of great restaurants in Midtown. So if you don't have dinner plans yet. Oh, that's yet, great. Yeah, you can. What, what places? I ne- I... With the exception of maybe Keens, uh, I I really rarely know where to eat in Midtown. Have you ever eaten at Keens? Yeah, Keens is amazing. Oh my god, all of the. Uh, uh, by the way, Keens is not the best place to have a pre. I mean, those drinks. Those it's like a triple shot Bloody Mary. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, I lost my internet connection. It's fine. Um, anyway, if if you go onto our our Facebook um, page, uh, we have the whole uh, grub with us section um and yeah there there are a lot of great participating response and uh doing really good deals and it's a great way to hook up with people before heading off to your black tie event oh i'm so excited uh i have my suit uh, but i only have like one suit but i can get away with it because i have like different shirts yeah but yeah. it's fine i don't remember what you wore last year it'll be the same better. it'll be the exact same suit because okay. i it was <laughs> it hasn't been a banner year for me to get a new suit yeah I have to admit, I'm, I'm very envious of that. I, I really would just love to wear the same thing each year. Uh, I would like to have a new suit. I thought I was going to get a new suit for because, you know, I always have the, the beard awards and then right. this, but whatever. No one remembers. Yeah. I, I wear the suit like three times a year. Yeah. Um, so it, the funny thing about this year, and we'll let you go after this, is can you talk a little bit about the uh, black market for the tickets for the sold out <laughs> event? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's. So, you know, of course, I have Google Alerts set up, so every time um, someone posts (laughs) tickets for sale on Craigslist, I get this little Google Alert. And, uh, yeah, I'll admit, you know, I'm in no way officially endorsing this, um, but it's just been kind of awesome to see, you know, the, the, you know, market value creeping up um, closer and closer. I think the craziest price that I saw was, like, someone asking, you know, tickets are regularly 150 bucks plus taxes and everything. Probably, I think it comes to like one seventy something. Someone was trying to get like three hundred bucks per yeah. ticket. Looking at it now. No, no, hold on, wait. It's two tickets. No, I've, there have been a bunch, but someone was oh, actually yeah. ballsy enough to go on there and demand three hundred. It, it might have. They might have since changed. I wonder if we have some scalpers out front going. Need tickets? Need tickets? Need tickets? Seriously, we saw. Um, I, I was. <laughs> I felt so so proud. Um, uh, we got picked up on. A, there was an indexing on a StubHub. I, I don't know that anyone actually like put tickets up there, but I was like, "Whoa, StubHub!" Yeah, they legit. they get it's. I think that's a real tipping point to know that when you have a successful event or something is when it starts popping up on StubHub or yeah. it's just those blanketed. Spam websites where it just fills in what you search for in the different fields. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you've made it to the big leagues. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for coming thank back you. next year. We will see you, but we will see you this Friday. Yeah. Maybe try to sneak to sleep no more. Yes. Um, what are the nuts and bolts? What's the website? What's everything? What's Twitter? Right. So uh, the website is www.manhattancocktailclassic.com. Our Twitter is Cocktail Classic. Uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash Manhattan Cocktail Classic. Um, yeah, sign up. Lots of good stuff still available. It's awesome. Well, we'll be there. We will, we're I'll super excited. <laughs> You'll be there. I will. I, I, I always see you for about a second. Yeah. And then you are whisked away into a thousand different directions. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on cloning myself. It, look, if it works for us. <laughs> and uh, if you need to find me, I'll just be uh, camped out at the Oyster Bar. Awesome. Just 
be like one more, just one more. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Super excited uh, for the great Guga Muga. It's coming up May 19th and 20th. We're involved with the Extra Muga with the Big Gay Ice Cream guys who just popped up. I think Doug just showed me his nipple through the glass window. Uh, we are going to play a song in honor of that Rich Girl by Holland Oates and as a shout out to the headliner for the Sunday night. And uh, tickets are going on sale for our smaller barbecue at Good Company with uh, Fet Sal and uh, Saint Assam, May 16th, Turing Machine DJing. They're going up on Guilt this Wednesday, so keep your eyes peeled. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Roberta's. Uh, shout out to Mom for Mother's Day, which is coming up. And go Flyers. Let's see you get back into the series.